0: TalkZone.com! Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet light-hearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com.
1: And welcome to the morning break. Two guys at a mic back at you here on the talkzone.com. It is uh, the coach, John Cohen. That would be me. And uh, joined today by first time here at the two guys at a mic show. He was a co-host on occasion on our morning break radio show back in the day. He's the young and the restless. Well, one out of two is not bad. Mike Moreau in the studio today. Michael, how are you? Yeah, how are you? We are, we are. I am doing, uh, like we, like I have a throng of following. You know, I, I walk out of the studios here after talking to the microphone, pretend like I'm a big guy, and basically I'm lonely for the next seven hours at work. And then I come home and uh, see my wife and two kids, and after five minutes of feigned happiness, I'm probably lonely for another two and a half hours. Welcome to marriage after 18 years. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh Mike, great to have you in and uh, real quick your uh background, local Chicago guy.
2: Local Chicago guy went to North Shore Country Day and attended the University of Missouri for college. Mm-hmm.
1: Missouri? Yeah. Our tribal of our fighting alignment. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard and, and you know, I know Missouri sometimes by the way we got to talk about the Big Ten at your institution possibly making a switch, so we gotta to get to that. But uh even being in Chicago and even being an Illinois fan, and Illinois and Missouri is one of the great rivalries in basketball and football. I have heard nothing, nothing but good things about the uh, University of Missouri. It's they don't good, call it the U of M, do they? No. Okay.
2: No, no, no. It's called more likely called MU. But you know, it's a good place. I had a lot, of, I had a lot of good times, and I met a lot of good people there. So mm-hmm. I can't say anything bad about it either.
1: All right, now when uh, Chicago plays St. Louis, do you still read for Chicago? And when Illinois plays Missouri, obviously you got to go with your alma mater, right?
2: Yeah, I'm a Cubs fan all the way, so I'm, okay. I'm very anti-St. Louis. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm I would imagine down in Missouri, the Cubs-St. Louis, little trash talking. there's probably a pretty good mix at that school.
2: Yeah, it's mostly St. Louis, kids, but you get your okay. fair share of Chicago, and there's definitely mm-hmm. a lot of trash talking going on, regardless of when the Cubs or when the Cubs are playing the Cardinals or not. So Mm -hmm. it goes back and forth.
1: Beautiful. We'll do a little uh, trash talking on the show today. A lot of the trash talking we'll do is with our producer, David Olson, the clean-cut one over there. We try to trash talk just to dirty him up a little bit if we can't. Again, double M, Mike Moreau, the young and the restless one. Joining the coach today, our phone lines are open at 888-463-6748. You can email us at mike. Two guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. And we'll read your emails over the air, any questions, any comments you have, sports and or otherwise. I had, I don't know if you watch a political TV last night. David Olson, I know you do. But I had a weird, uh, back and forth and a back and forth. I was switching from Rachel Maddow on MSNBC to Bill O'Reilly two channels down on, uh, what the hell station is that? Fox News. Fox right. News. Were you, yeah. were you watching the Maddow and uh, Rand Paul? I, you know what? By sheer coincidence, I don't watch Rachel Maddow that much. I saw the whole interview. Yeah, that was something else. It was interesting. Wasn't it? it was interesting. And Rand Paul, for those listeners uh, caught up in the sports rule, a guy like Mike Moreau, who, you know, besides analyzing the Cubs, probably hasn't even got to the political pitch, which is very, very sad. But uh, for those not aware, what is a who or what is a Rand Paul?
0: Rand Paul uh, is. <laughs> Now I'm going to show my ignorance here a little bit. Uh, he is a candidate for the uh, House of Representatives in Kentucky. Is he, he related to Ron Paul? He's his son. The son? He's his son. Wow. Uh, and he's a Tea Party candidate. Oh. So. Hey
1: ho, blue forty-two, red seventeen, thirty-five. Tuesday was um not bad for the Tea Party. No, no, no. He he, he won
0: the primary. Yeah. It was not so good it, for it, the yeah.
1: Republicans. No,
0: no, it was not.
1: Yeah. All right, but that interview of everybody's talking about it. I, you know, and I'm assuming most people are talking about how Rand Paul tried to avoid the specificity of question of a Rachel Maddow. Is that? I mean, you've heard some. Yes, yeah, he was
0: doing the song and dance, and she wasn't having any of it. I mean, he basically came out and said there are parts about the uh, Civil Rights Bill that Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have passed. Right. Uh, Particularly, a business's right to discriminate.
1: Yeah, private business. Yeah, a private business, right. right. They were right. making the whole public and private differentiation and uh, yeah, he he was doing the song and dance, but then at other times I think he made the point about how people are trying to just pick out that one little fine-tuned thing about him and not look at the big picture. Well, I thought well, he
0: had- but but, he, but that little thing kind of fuzzies the whole picture. It it really does. Because in his worldview, you know, a business is a, a, a business has a right to do whatever it wants, but a person does not. Right. So it's yeah, it's.
1: I don't know, Mike. Have you ever uh, watched these two particular programs? I, I would highly advise you, at times, at least, not to.
2: I can't say I'm i I'm a huge fan of either. Okay, so I haven't not watched, delved into. Those, the political side of that.
1: It's a weird contrast, though. It's like going from, uh, like when you're eating food, like going from hot soup to freezing cold ice cream. And then back to hot soup again, and then freezing cold ice cream. And you know what happens with your teeth? You usually get like a, a stinging pain of the worst kind, right? Yeah, it's not comfortable. No, and that's pretty much what was happening as I was flipping uh, back and forth. O'Reilly. Way too far over the edge, in my opinion, on one side of the story, and then you watch Rachel Maddow. And I tend to have a liberal vent, but even she and some of the uh, Air America people and the liberal radio people, they go too far. Somewhere in the vast in between has to be the middle. But at any rate, so my head was spinning a little bit last night, but you, Mike, watched uh, the Cub take on the Philadelphia Philly.
2: I did, I did. It was... Uh i Surri- honestly surprised to see the Cubs pull out a win. They haven't really been playing that well. I mean, mm-hmm. lately they have, you know, a four-game win streak, but for the most part, it's been an, a terrible season.
1: You know, was the White Sox uh, talk a little Chicago baseball here, of course, via the webcast, via the Internet, Mike, we are emanating out into all the different cities in the United States, and you and your voice being heard right now in six other continents besides North America.
2: That's pretty exciting to hear.
1: There could be people in Brazil listening to you right now.
2: That'd be awesome. Maybe I could start my fan base down there.
1: <laughs> it's probably a small group right now, but after today's show, I'm sure it'll start to build. Talk some football! World Cup coming with June eleventh. Let's talk some football. You a World Cup guy?
2: A little bit. I like to get you know, I get into it a little soccer a little more around the World yeah. Cup. I mean yeah. you definitely have to. There's lots of people talking about it.
1: We I guarantee it. I guarantee you, I can speak on behalf of my uh, partner, the Big Dome. No. We will talk more World Cup soccer here. If you're listening out in Brazil right now, maybe, I don't know how our, our Senegal listenership is very high, Ethiopia, any of the countries that are playing in the World Cup, we will talk more World Cup soccer on this show than you'll get on 99% of the uh, other United States sports talk shows. I think I can safely say that. Very into the World Cup. So if you're checking in from Senegal, I don't know, can they... Can the people in Senegal just dial 888-463-6748, or is there a special? There's a special number, Uh-oh. but
0: I don't know what that good.
1: number is. Nice to see us reaching yeah. out to the six other continents. The good news, that's folks, that's is... What you... email's for. <laughs> All right, so via email, they can just plug it in. All right, so if you're in Senegal, uh, it's Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C and the number 2, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Two Mike Moreau, who uh, you know might be big in Brazil by the end of this show. But getting back to the beloved Cubs, your favorite team, yeah, four in a row, things looking up, they got a great pitching performance last night.
2: You know what, they do? They have, but the surprising thing about it is their pitching numbers have been pretty good this year, except the problem with the Cubs is that they have not been getting a lot of clutch hitting. You know, the ERAs are pretty solid as a team. Gorzolani has been, Gorzolani I believe has two wins now. Mm-hmm. His ERA is like three. Carlos Silva should have six wins. And, you know, on and on with Dempster. Dempster's two and four. He has a three ERA. So the hitting, the hitting hasn't been the problem. But then again, you look at the averages of the guys on the team, a lot of guys over 300. But, you know, Aramis and Derek Lee, the two guys the Cubs probably count on the most are the guys hitting below 200 or at least Aramis's. That's
1: why statistics are so misleading. I love uh, coaching youth teams occasionally. I'll bring out the sports page and show them the top 10. And hey, look, we got three hitters in the top 10 or in the NBA. You know, maybe a particular team, uh, you know, has got a couple of players, you know, in the top 10 in scoring in the NBA. Well, the Cubs have and have had for a long time three guys in the top 10 in batting, yet they're below 500. So statistics can be misleading. And you alluded to it getting the big hit, the clutch hit when it counted. That's been the problem.
2: It, it definitely has been. And also, you know, there's also been pitches made, you know, there haven't been the right pitches. Like Zambrano the other day, on Friday coming in, you know, in the eighth inning and giving and giving up that three run homer. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a Randy Wells struggled that day, but you know that was, you know, one of the odder days for the Cubs because honestly they have been pitching well, but you know Zembrano comes in and gives up a three run bomb. Mm-hmm. You know, then that essentially cost you a game. So it's lack of clutch
1: hitting and it's lack of clutch pitching as well.
2: I I believe so. Getting the, the big
1: out when it counts.
2: And the bullpen's been a huge issue.
1: So mm-hmm.
2: if they can get that nailed down and some hitting, maybe. You know, it's not too late to turn the season around.
1: Mm-hmm. Longtime Chicago Cub fan, uh, Double M, Mike Barrow, the young and the restless, joining us. And we're going to talk about your uh, level of employment, too, which is right near Wrigley Field. That's very cool. Want to get to that. I also have a theory on Carlos Zambrano and why he failed out of the bullpen. I thought it could have worked, but I thought the Cubs blew it. I want to get to that in a little bit. But you talked about the pitching. Gorzolani was great yesterday. And, again, Cub fans, Sox fans, baseball fans, we'll talk a little baseball to uh, tip off the show here. Dial it up. Phone lines open at triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. If you're a Mike Moreau fan you just want to give Mike a hard time, you're welcome to call in, too. We'll always give you open phone line for that. Um it's kind of ironic, Mike, that the, all the money and the pre-publicity for pitching was at the White Sox this year, right? Supposed to be the top pitching staff in all of baseball. They already were very strong. And then they pick up one of the best in baseball, Jake Peavy. So all this money, all the pub, the Cubs starting staff was kind of, uh, you know, underplayed a little bit. Their highest paid guy, Carlos Zambrano, he's been out of the bullpen and all the underrated unsung guys. And you just said at the Cubs starting pitching. If it hasn't been great, it's been pretty darn good.
2: I would agree. I mean, the problem starts with Jake Peavy. I mean, for the most, I mean, his last two starts have been very good, but, I mean, one was against the Royals, and I forget the other team it was against, but he gave up four runs. Mm -hmm. So He's He's,
1: he's getting it back,
2: though. He's getting there, but, you know, he's had four four, four or five bad starts. Mm -hmm. You know, Burley hasn't been the same this year. You know, besides that one great that good start on opening day and since his, you know, amazing web gem, he's been pretty average. And then the other guys have been you know, well, up John and down. John
1: Danks has been very, very good. Gavin Floyd not so good. Garcia at number five. But but getting back to the Cubs, your ball club, the team that you are so passionate about, a bunch of grinders, a bunch of guys, for the most part not making super big salaries, not big names, Dempster, Wells, Gorzolani. Lily a little bit, and those guys have been doing the job. Yeah, and
2: the thing about it is that's pretty. They've been like that for the last couple of years. Wells pitched well last year. Yep. Dempster was pretty good. You know, Zerano was ter- Zerrano was terrible. But again, last year it was hitting. Mm-hmm.
1: You yeah. know,
2: Randy Wells could have won
1: seventeen games last year. I and mean, this is a guy. <laughs> when you mention Randy Wells, now correct me if I'm wrong. Because my uh, short-term memory, not good. The older I get, the worse my short-term memory gets. And my long-term memory, not that good either. At the start of last year, in spring training last year, Randy Wells wasn't even a sure bet to make the team. Right? No, not he- at
2: all. He, I, for, I, I forget the complete story, but I don't even think he was the first guy they wanted to call up when mm-hmm. Zambrano got hurt. Mm-hmm. But you know, thanks to an injury, he got his chance and he produced. Yeah. But now he's get now they they might think he's getting a little too comfortable. So,
1: well, you know he had one bad outing this year. For the most part, including his last performance, he's pitched pretty good. The guy is uh, avoiding for the most part the sophomore jinx. And I uh, feel free to disagree with me, but you know it's not a great story, but it's a cool story. A grinder, Randy Wells, who uh, you know making the team last year, and like you said, getting to pitch only because of the injury to Carlos Zambrano, and all of a sudden he's become one of the most consistent pitchers. In the Cubs, if not the National League.
2: That's true. But with Zambrano, you know, Lou announcing Zambrano coming back to the rotation the other day. Wells has to be the guy that, Wells is probably the guy that goes back into the bullpen. No. I, Wells? Well, who else? You can't send, can't send Louie down there. Then you'll have four, four lefties in the bullpen.
1: What about, uh, by the way, when I mentioned the Cubs uh, starting pitching, the guy I left out was Carlos Silva. Who was a pretty much afterthought trade for a Milton Bradley, or as Joel calls him, Parker Brothers, and Carlos Silva is five and zero. He's been outstanding, so the Cubs' starting pitching has been great. Randy Wells, really, I mean, you know the Cubs better than I, but that that surprises me.
2: Would, I mean, who else? Silva, as you said, is five and zero.
1: Yeah, I can't do him. Gorzolani.
2: That would add another lefty down there, and then lefties, you know, isn't the aren't isn't the issue for the Cubs in the pen. Mm-hmm. They really need a right-handed, you know, right-handed relief guy. and Now they're looking into signing Bob Howery again.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bob Howery. Oh, I loved Bob Howery about the eighteen years ago. What is he like? Fifty-three years old now.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they saw Bob Howery pitch against them a couple of weeks ago when he wow blew a lead wow. for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, but. we're
1: gonna get to our MLB <laughs> recap coming up in a little bit, but not a good day yesterday. For ex-Chicago Cub starter, ex-Chicago Cub reliever, and fan favorite, Kerry Wood. I don't know if you saw the highlights or lowlights of that. Not, not at all. Not good. Not good for K Wood. Kid K, if you will. Uh Again, 888-463-6748. The phone number, the pride and joy of North Shore Country Day High School and the University of Missouri, better known as MU. Correct. How many, or, or Mizzou. How many moo jokes did you get?
2: I haven't haven't actually gotten any. right. That might be the first.
1: Now, how about your uh, baseball career? Did you play in uh, high school? If so, uh, were you the dreaded long reliever? No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't. I didn't get to the mound. I was more of a utility guy in high school. But you played. I played, yeah.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. And the uh, University of Missouri did not try to recruit you as a recruited walk-on?
2: No, maybe as the bad boy.
1: Did you did you work for the uh, school newspaper as a journalist?
2: I worked at KBIA, the uh, NPR affiliate cool. down there, really? for two years. Yeah.
1: National Public Radio, connected to Missouri.
2: Yes, Missouri actually Missouri actually owns the station, so it's a lot, mostly student it's mostly student reporters. But there there are three producers who have mm-hmm. jobs. Okay. But it's mostly student student reporters who do it.
1: I just want to make sure I didn't get. University of Missouri does not own NPR. No, no, no. They own the station. That station, yes. Which but... played some of the NPR
2: NPR affiliate, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I thought for a minute you it it had a scoop here. University of Missouri owning uh, National Public Radio. Mike Moreau and the coach with you two guys at a Mike dot com. We will get to hockey. Yes, we will. NBA playoffs. I know you're a big basketball guy, Mike. We'll talk about that. Big win for the Lakers last night. A couple of uh Drug controversies, steroid, HGH, whatever it might be, controversies that are wandering about. Lots to get to it today. Today we go two hours. Mike, you picked a good day to come in. Normally it's a one-hour show. They limit us. They keep us in our cage. But on Thursdays, on Thursdays we get to extend out for a two-hour show. So today we'll be going right up until twelve o'clock. Again, you can email us at Mike Two Guys at AOL Cubs are back at it, what twelve o five today?
2: No, they're actually off. Really? Yeah. It's a-
1: it comes, it comes off But no, they got to play today and then off tomorrow, I would think.
2: No, they play.
1: They have Texas tomorrow. All right. But they've only played Philadelphia once, right? It can't be a one-game series. Well, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going <laughs> to check uh, the newspaper. We'll see if we can dig one up between the two of us. It's a Semi-Factual Sports Talk Radio here on the thetalkzone.com. Two guys, one Mike, Mike Moreau, and the coach with you. We'll take a quick break. David Olson, our producer.
0: Lines are open for your calls on two guys and a mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone,
1: And we are indeed joined today by the uh, young and the restless one, double M, Mike Moreau, in the studio. And apparently during the break, uh, not sure if it was Chicago Cub owner Tom Ricketts who might have been listening or one of our pundits, but uh, David Olson, our producer, me that, in fact, on this beautiful beautiful Chicago day 1205 the tip off Mike Burrow Ryan Dempster will be on the mound for the Cubs going for 5 in a row boy talk about a team in need of a winning streak this is a good time for the Cubs
2: um definitely but you know I'm not ready to you know get too positive on the Cubs until they get back above 500 because the team's well, they haven't been above 500 all year, so it seems they get to 500, mm-hmm. and then they go on a five- or six-game losing streak.
1: Uh, well, you know, sports is supposed to be a uh, positive situation. Let's not get too skeptical. Let's not get too negative. Uh, enjoy it. You're right. I mean, they might just fall back, but let's try to enjoy it a little bit while they're playing good baseball. And there's the potential. There is the potential. The Cubs could get hot, and yeah, we've said it before. and We said it at the start of the season here on the two guys at a mic show. If you look at it objectively, perfectly objectively, the odds are a pretty mediocre season for the Chicago Cubs, and it's proven to be that thus far. But, as you know, the dice does not always roll with the odds. There is a scenario, Mike, and I'm assuming you as a passionate Cubs fan would agree, there's a scenario, 10% chance, 15% chance, where if it all clicks, the Cubs could uh, get on a roll and maybe challenge the Cardinals this year, if it all clicks.
2: Yeah, but that means Lee and Ramirez. You you don't look particularly convinced. Leon Ramirez has to get off the schneid because, you know, they're struggling. But, I mean, if they do, the Cubs' lineup has been actually fairly consistent. Soto is hitting back to, I can't say close to his rookie year, but, he's, you know, he's hitting very well again. Soriano has been a lot more consistent. He hasn't done, you know, get really hot and then get really cold this year. Ontario's mm-hmm. Terrio's hitting, even Fugudome, you know, he's had a couple of hot Aprils, but... You know, now we're in the late May, and he's he's continuing it.
1: We bought a uh, Fukudome shirt for my junior high son, I think, uh, what was it, two years ago when he started off great, and everybody was, uh, you know, Fukudome fever, right? Not last year, but two years ago. Two years ago. I
2: pre-ordered my Fukudome shirt. You
1: did? Sorry, yeah. Did you ever get it? I did. I Fuka. have it. <laughs> because I was going to say my son, you know, he wore it for a couple of times. It's been buried for a long time. I believe it was yesterday. He proudly took out the Fukudome t-shirt. What number is Fukudome? One. Number one, and wore it proudly to school. So uh, all the Fukudomi stuff uh, that we were selling away in the black market, all of a sudden it's valuable again. It's
2: funny you say that because I actually pulled out mine, too, and wore okay. it for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Something beautiful about a young African-American man wearing a, a Fukudomi shirt. It's a beautiful <laughs> look. Uh, you should have worn in the studio today. I should have, yeah. yeah Would have been a good look. By the way, we are being webcasters like, I don't know how many, there's even a camera right there, I think. That little blue light right here. Right. Oh wow that close to you. There's like yeah. like seven different cameras in the studio catching every little uh pick of the nose or scratch that you do, Mike. so uh took me a while to get used to it now I ignore it, but we are being webcast. Everything, everything you do can be seen by your adoring public.
2: I've got a couple of friends watching who just told me Joe Jubensky and Joe Cirillo down in Springfield, Missouri. All
1: right. A couple of Joes are watching the show. It's unbelievable. And Joel's friends, like half of Joel's friends are named Joe, too. It was true on the radio show. I don't know what is it with our show. Our ratings are not very high. But apparently, if your first name is Joe, we're very popular.
2: Well, that's a good thing. Maybe we got to start meeting more Joes.
1: We need more Joes. And uh, our number one listening audience, Mike, I don't know if you check our research studies or not, but breastfeeding moms. Right for the start. This goes back to the radio show that me and Joel used to do. Breastfeeding moms have proven to be our number one listening audience. I don't want to make an analysis. Maybe you can gander it, but. Uh, you take what you can get, I guess. Who, the baby or the consumer? <laughs> the consumer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Triple A. The Joes that are out there watching, welcome to the program. Thanks, Mike Moreau doing a great job. Triple A, Starlin Castro, Mike. Yes. You mentioned you know Soto and Soriano and all the guys. Your thoughts on the young, um, not going to call him superstar yet, but the young star in the making, maybe Starlin Castro.
2: You know, I'm trying to be very patient with him due to recent Cub rookie failures. The guys that we thought were going to come up and be the next big thing. And it's basically all flamed out for the most part. But so far, so good. He's been very patient, you know. There's gonna be you know ups and downs. Like his first, his you know first appearance at Wrigley Field, you know, which I happened to be at, where you know he had, you know he you know loafed after that ball, and I believe it was Hanley Ramirez, yep, ironically who got bent for hustling, hustled to second on a play that Starlin mm-hmm. loafed after. So you know, so far so good. But you have you know Cubs fans have to be willing to take the good and the bad and. Not to think of this guy as a savior. Cause. Mike Moreau, a very reserved,
1: already fairly jaded Cub. For a man of your young years, you're way too reserved to way jaded. Uh, and and you, your comments are correct, but, uh, boy, I, I tend to be a little bit more, and again, with reservation, but a little more effusive of uh, Starling Castro. The kid just turned 20. Right. So, uh, wh- what are you, like 23? 24. 24. I'm trying to think back when I was 20 years old. Confidence level-wise, Just going out in the job market and socially and dealing with adults, you're kind of at that age, right, where you're just going through that. Starlin Castro is from, where is he from? I'm not even
2: sure. Somewhere, yeah, Latin America, maybe Dominican, I'm not sure. So,
1: you know, so he's not that familiar with the United States, okay? You got the whole language barrier thing. They move him up all of a sudden within a short period of time. He's playing major league baseball. TV cameras, national TVs. You got Yahoo's like us talking about him on uh, sports radio, and the guy seems to be handling it, it was such cool. Twenty years old. I'm mean, trying to imagine myself at age twenty, put in that situation. I would have, you know, self. I almost said self-defecated, self-destructed. Probably would have self-defecated too a little bit. But I just think Mike his his composure. His cool, his savvy, he's got a style. I keep using that word there's a certain style about his play that is very unique and I really enjoy watching this kid and he's been on base every single game he's played.
2: True. I I think the word you might be looking for is that he has I guess his swagger is
1: the word. Swagger would be good.
2: Because I I mean I you brought up a good point cuz I was just thinking about that how you look at him in the dugout and he just seems to be, you know, so cool, calm and collected. Mm-hmm. In his first game, you know, he had six RBIs. First, I mean, I don't know if I would have done that.
1: in his first major in league. In his at first bat. major
2: league at bat. I, you know, if I were a major leaguer and I saw, you know, the first major league curveball, I might have, you know, backed out. But he's, you know, been been in there and has battled through things. So that, you know, that's the positive side of thing that which makes me think, you know, this he is he is going to be an eventual superstar for the Cubs. And maybe potentially all star down the line.
1: Let's hope we can keep them, Cub fans, baseball fans. You want to check in, talk a little small white round ball right now. On the two guys at a Mike Show triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number again. You can email us at two. I'm sorry, at Mike two guys aol dot com. That's M I C and the number two. Um, yeah, kid's been on base. I think every major league game that he's played got two hits again yesterday. Got an RBI yesterday, and um, and you alluded to it. Part of the reason we're so reserved is because there have been so many. So many young Cubs that have come up that are supposed to be stars. The most recent one, Felix Pia, right? Can't miss. <laughs> Great guy, speed, he could hit. He, and he was kind of effervescent, too. Had a little bit of Starlin Castro. And he flamed out Corey Patterson, he stopped Choi, Kevin Orem. And you can go right down the line. So we are reserved about it. But he appears to have... That swagger, that confidence—I really enjoy watching him. He's got a unique style too, doesn't
2: he? He does. He play, you know. It's kind of that, you know, Latin America loose style. You know, just kind of play with a little more flair. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's fun to watch. You, you know. think
1: that comes from? I—I I don't know. In Latin America, on the ball diamonds, they grow up on. Are they not as well groomed?
2: I—I I don't know if I would say well groomed. I. like I would almost say they play a little more loosely. They okay. like they love baseball. Okay. They like to have a little more fun, I think. So I think that's what it is. Okay. Cause,
1: you
2: know, they're great fielders. So it's, I can't it, say they're not well-groomed. It's
1: almost inherent in them. If you could compare maybe a little bit, it's like watching a uh, United States soccer player who's a great player and very skilled, but you compare it to someone from, let's say, Brazil. Right, Where soccer is huge, or even Italy, where soccer is huge, and they grow up with it right, and they're you know from day one, they're watching their dads play soccer here in the United States, we don't do that, so they have that inherent nature that a United States kid often does not,
2: not even their dads, you know, their're idols, so they're out there yep. playing soccer or baseball or whatever sport all day, mm-hmm. trying to imitate their idols, so this is you know they're practicing their moves from a very young age, so this is something. You know, by the time they get to older, to where they're at the professional level, mm-hmm. they're just having fun. You know, all that work they put in, now they're they're having fun, as they should. Because, you know, it shouldn't be serious. You're getting paid to play sports. It should be fun.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, 12-0-5 today. Cubs taking on the Phillies. Four wins in a row. Goal for two in a row against the top team in the National League. Cubs on a mini-roll. Let's see if they can... Keep it going. We'll talk some White Sox baseball in just a second, too, and get to our MLB recap and pick up some of the other teams, Michael. But real quick, uh, speaking of Wrigley Field, beautiful day today, 12.05. Mentioned a couple of days ago, uh, a day like today, you don't even need a ticket. Just get down to Wrigley Field. I think this was on Monday's show, maybe last Friday. And just uh, just wander around the neighborhood. Watch the games on some local bar TVs. Don't stay at one place. Just cruise the neighborhood. Watch the people. uh Feel the environment. There's something special about being outside of Wrigley Field. Beautiful day, and, I, and I, that comes to even more to the forefront now because I found out before the show you actually are working at one of the local establishments in Wrigleyville.
2: I do. I work at a bar called uh, Redmond's Ale House on uh, Sheffield and Roscoe. Mm-hmm. You know, I work the door there from time to time and you know, other jobs.
1: My last vacation, I think I had to stop into a Redmond's Ale House. It was more for like an over fifties. If you have muscle soreness, not sure if it was Redmond's. it might have been Reddys, but it was definitely an ale house. But this is not that kind of establishment.
2: No, definitely okay. not. No massages. <laughs> no.
1: Okay, because I got some muscle tissue I could use loosening between the breaks here on the two hour show. <laughs> uh, so this is a quality Wrigleyville uh, neighborhood
2: it, it is a quality. You know, I, okay. I have uh, people come in, have a lot of good times. We have mm-hmm. a lot of we have a lot of good regulars, so it's, it's fun to work there. Mm-hmm. How, how close to Wrigley is it? Uh, probably you know three, four blocks. Okay, not far.
1: Nice, nice Redmond's Ale House. That are you a bartender? Are you a security, a bouncer? What? Yeah, he, official position.
2: Bouncer sounds bouncer sounds like a weird word to me. So I just tell people I work the door. So ah, you know, because bouncer it makes me sound like a okay. big, uh, okay. big tough guy. All
1: right. Well, now we've got two bouncers, Joel redlonsky, my uh normal partner among his sixty seven different jobs he's had in the last three years I believe bouncer has been one of them uh so that's uh beautiful work the door yeah, it's a nice way to put it work the door. let me ask you this as a young single man I'm assuming you are single and still unattached in the female commodity
2: yes, that would be true
1: do you uh how much do you work the door? <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine it's not a bad place to meet some of the uh Young ladies of Wrigleyville? You meet more
2: than you would expect. Yeah, okay. it, I I can't say that it hurts. But how mu- how much
1: does the boss? And I'm assur- I would assume there's different bosses would have different um, training techniques on this. But how much do they train you? Hey, forget the quote unquote social stuff. You're working, or do they kind of let things flow?
2: Um, for the most part, they. I mean, they let things flow, but you're also working, so mm-hmm. you can't. Do one more than the other, or okay. you won't be working there much longer. Uh-huh.
1: So they they definitely would balancing pre- it.
2: Yeah, they definitely would okay. prefer you definitely do your job.
1: Okay, all right. So while you're working the door, just make sure you don't work the door too much. Yeah, there's a motto for all the young kids listening out there. Keep that in mind. Mike Moreau, eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. What's the favorite drink? Is there a special appetizer they serve at this particular place? And please don't say uh, buffalo wings.
2: No, my particular favorite. Uh, there would be, they changed the menu recently, so I oh. love, I love chick the chicken parmesan sham, sandwich.
1: <laughs> so Awfully good.
2: It is really good. Awfully good. Special right. sauce? Uh, I would, I don't know if there's any special sauce on it, but I enjoy, it's my favorite on the new menu.
1: Any unique uh, beer beverage that we should be aware of besides the usual? No, but they
2: did just get Shinerbach on tap. Oh. On tap. Shiner God bless you.
1: Shinerbach. <laughs> it's a Texas beer But it's pretty good It's a sexist beer? Texas Oh, Texas <laughs> I thought it was like Some kind of new Alcoholic beverage A sexist beer it's You're a, familiar with Shinerbach? Very tasty stuff Yeah, it's a, it's a favorite In the Olsen household Okay I have to check that out I may have to stop By the Olsen household Are you guys open For business later today? Uh, no You got any Shinerbach On tap or up in the icebox? Yeah, we
0: got, we've got a case Of bottles in the fridge Really? Though. Yeah Shinerbach. Yes right. I thought Shiner, Bach. Well, I mean, it's two words. Shiner. Okay. And then it's, uh, Bach is the type of bear it is.
1: Interesting. Okay. B-O-C-K. I, the, prior to today, I thought Shiner Bach was the, uh, starting striker for the English uh, World Cup soccer team. That too. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anything else in the cup? We gotta talk some socks, baseball, MLB recap, and then move from the baseball. But Michael, any other, uh, cup thoughts? I know it is a team you are very passionate about.
2: Uh, the last thing I would, I would well, I didn't think I would add is Bob Howery. I don't Lupenella said yesterday he thinks Howery would help, but I really don't see how I th- he's at the tail end of his career, I yeah. believe so. If he can help, you know, I mean
1: he, it comes at a low risk.
2: So, if they signed him, you know. Well, it, it comes at hurt. a
1: low risk, but when he comes in and blows 3 games, then it's not so low risk.
2: And that's that's the other side I was I was thinking about, but
1: Remember how I said I've got short-term memory loss? Right. And it happens with age. Uncle Lou has got a few years on me. I think his interest in um, Bobby Howry has to do also with a little short-term memory loss. Like maybe the last four years, the guy's pitched. have <laughs> not got anybody out in four years. We don't need him at the Cubs. That's true. Man, maybe Starling Castro can pitch.
2: <laughs> hey, he seems to be able to do it all right now.
1: What the heck? Oh, by the way, my theory on Zambrano. See if you're with me on this. I said when he went to the bullpen, it could work, but he is the type of guy you cannot pitch once every three days for a couple of outs. Carlos Zamprano is a horse. Got a strong arm. right? He can throw 110, 120 pitches a game. If you're going to pitch him out of the bullpen, to me, you got to throw Zamprano every day. Almost every day. Put him in for an inning. Put him in for a couple. Of, let him get that momentum going the next day throw him out there. The next day after that, throw him out there again. Let him get the juices flowing. Let him get the momentum going. Let him get the feel for the ball because sometimes he does have control issues. Then rest him maybe a day at most. Bring him back out for another inning, another couple inning. If he can start and throw 120 pitches, he is a workhorse. He's a bulldog. I think out of the bullpen, if they would have pitched him regularly, Mike, regular, maybe at first he would have struggled, but I think he could have become a pretty good reliever. But Bits and pieces every couple of days for a couple of outs. That's not the Z mentality.
2: No, I I would say I agree with that, and I think that's part. Of the, yeah, that is part of the reason he struggled because he wasn't. He never got used to it, and I don't think the Cubs ever got used to the idea because they said it wasn't going to be a permanent thing. So I I believe they pretty much just moved him down there to try and work out his issues, without you know saying you know. You know, by saying Ward, moving him for bullpen help. Because mm-hmm. he, he didn't really help down there. But, you know, lately he has been pitching well. But if he did get into the back-to-back more often, he would have gotten used to that role. Because mm-hmm. I think with him not pitching every day, he never got comfortable with it. And I believe, and that's part, I think that, like you said, that is part of the problem.
1: All right. But you're okay with him, or you're more than okay, you're happy with him returning to a starting role.
2: We'll see maybe if, he's, not. if he's a <laughs> of two years ago. That would be awesome, where you know he won 18 games. But if he's Carlos last year, maybe we should just leave him in the bullpen, or, or the Carlos should leave him in the bullpen. of
1: the first couple games this year, not so good either. That is also true. Yeah, remember opening day, right? We're all wasn't we need the opening day starter? Yeah, we're all excited. Cubs opening day, you know, big game here we go, and he imploded in the first couple of innings, and almost you don't want to blame it all on that, but he kind of set the tone for the next 40 Cubs games, which were not so good.
2: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Not at all.
1: All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number. You can uh, email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com. Michael Moreau, Coach John Cohen with you right up until 12 o'clock. 2 hours show today. David Olson, our producer. Real quick before we go to a break, White Sox uh, struggling. We're trying to be kind, Mike. They are struggling. Jake Peavy, though, back on the mound tonight. They need him to... Um, Earn some of those millions of dollars tonight.
2: You know, he wants to be the number one, and the number one guy breaks losing streaks, so they need a big win tonight.
1: Lost, what, 3-2 to two to Anaheim. I got a good pitching performance again from John Danks. This guy's been solid. But they get no-hitting support, sort of like the Cubs. They can't get clutch hits.
2: Yeah, that's been a part of their problem this year. I believe I saw, you know, stats aren't always the big thing, but I believe I saw... A couple of days ago, that, that one and two hitters are slugging a combined
1: 463. So Talking specifically, Juan Pierre and the uh, young boy wonder, Gordon Beckham. Right. Um, who's having a sophomore jinx of the worst kind.
2: Very bad. And, you know, I, I like Gordon Beckham, so I'd like to see him do well. So, and so there's been lots of talk of whether or not they send him down to the minors for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But. You know, who knows if that'll really help his confidence or not. Yeah,
1: he's a player. He is. It would be hard to believe that he's going to just bust out after that um, great first year. Right. I mean, you watched him play last year, fielding, hitting the way he composed himself. Similar to the things we said about Starlin Castro, he's a player. And you would think he's going to come out of it, but it has been an elongated slump for Gordon Beckham. Juan Pierre, on the other hand, though, the leadoff guy. Took a lot of heat the first 20-30 games. Uh, a lot of White Sox fans saying we shouldn't have traded for him. All of a sudden, Mike Juan Pierre is hitting and uh, with a little bit of power, too. Not only singles, but doubles.
2: <laughs> he is, and he's been very good for them. But, you know, like we said, behind you, if you're hitting, ba- baseball is a team game, whether people want to believe it or not. And if you, one guy gets on base all the time and no one drives you in, yep. it doesn't really do anything for you.
1: Got. Two hits last night from Persinski. Joe Saunders pitching for the Anaheim Angels. Two from Persinski. Two from Paul Kanurka, who's been pretty good. Two from uh, Juan, don't call me sloppy anymore, Pierre. Six hits, and that was it. Zero from the rest of the team. Six hits. Thank you very much. Two runs and another good pitching performance by John Danks down the drain.
2: Yeah, so that's a, that's a team that they might have some serious issues because they're already, I, I believe, seven games out. Mm-hmm. And people counted the Twins out. They're playing well. Detroit's going to play well this year. They, their pitching's better. And other than that, the White Sox just need to step it up.
1: Media tends to be so negative. The fans tend to uh, thrive almost on negativity. I don't know if the media feeds the fans. I don't know if the fans feed the media. But I was listening to a another program A White Sox pitching coach Don Cooper was on and the interviewers were kind of giving him the usual thing, heading down the negative you know, path, talking about all the problems. And I thought Dan Cooper gave a great perspective. And I've uh, even doing this show one hour a day, Mike. I, we, we try to not really consider ourselves part of the quote-unquote media. It's kind of a separate one-hour show that we do. Uh, I'm not going to get into that whole thing. But the perspective was interesting. Cooper, pretty animated pitching coach of the White Sox, he was basically saying, you know, all the negativity. Like, he goes, I guess we deserve it. Because we've been playing bad. But he says the players and the clubhouse, there's no negativity. We're trying our hardest. Everybody's trying to get better. Coaches, players, pitchers, everybody's working hard. The clubhouse is good. People are frustrated because we've been losing, but there's no bad attitudes. He said the only negativity is from the people that we hear on the radio, from the people that we read in the newspapers. It's the fans and the media that are negative. He goes, our team's not negative. Everybody's very positive. I thought that was an interesting perspective and kind of shows you a a little bit anyways how much of yahoos we are here in the media and uh, just in general our fans.
2: True, but to contradict his point, Uh you wouldn't want them to be negative as a team. But it is the media, the fans, you know, they're watching, they have opinions too. If your team's not playing well, Mm -hmm. you can't say, oh, my team's not playing well, but I'm very happy with it.
1: Well, you could. You couldn't. Maybe not very happy, but uh, you could say, you know what? Let's get them tomorrow. You come back the next day and cheer for the ball club. As long as they're playing hard, as long as they're not, they're not hustling. That's a different story. Yeah.
2: Sure.
1: But as long as they're trying and giving their best effort, you know what? It sounds like a weird thing to say, but losing's not the worst thing in the world. Just enjoy each and every victory. Why but, get so negative?
0: Because it's not little league, coach. Okay. This is big league baseball. You pay to see these people play.
1: Understood. You
0: pay to see them play. You know, oh yeah, they hustled and they tried. That, that doesn't cut it when you're paying, you know, $75 a seat. Sorry. It doesn't cut it.
1: All right. Well, let me ask you this. What, what, what thrill are you getting out of your negativity? Is it making you feel any better? What, what, what purpose does the negativity do? You got a, like Don Cooper said, you got a ball up They're trying. The clubhouse is fine. The team gets along real good. The team chemistry is fine. They're trying. They're just not performing well. So, what purpose the negativity? I mean,
2: you would you would hope it at some points it helps create a change. You never know if yep. it's going to, but it's part of the hope. Honestly, I think.
1: I think that's uh, spoken like a true fan. I don't think the player. You think players would say, "Oh yeah." You know, the, the fans being more negative and getting down on us helped us perform better.
2: The players, I mean, the players don't care, but they're making millions. They should, you know, they should, they shouldn't feel negative. I mean, the part of you know they got they got to constantly think, hey, we're going to rebound, we're going to get through this. We're struggling right now, but we'll make it. Mm-hmm. We're not getting paid to play. We're, the people t- commenting them aren't getting paid to play. The people on the radio are getting mm-hmm. paid, you know, to talk about their opinions. And you're interacting with the fans, so the negativity is going to come. It doesn't have to be very big. You can try to be positive, but after a while, it kind of wears on you.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So, in short, part of it because they're getting paid money. That's just receiving some of that negativity is part of the deal.
2: Exactly. And they're going to have yeah. to deal with
1: it. And I understand that, and the players do too. I just, uh, I just thought it was an interesting perspective, and I didn't think totally without merit.
2: It it is, and I also, I mean, as a White Sox fan, I would be happy to hear that. You, know, you team, would or wouldn't? I would. Yes, the team's not down on themselves. Right. They they think they can still do it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to root for a team that's already quit forty some odd games into the season. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh, great pitching matchup, by the way, with the White Sox. We're going to take a quick break, to a MLB recap when we come back. Some good games yesterday. Mike Barrow in the house. Yes, we're going to get to NBA, NHL. The Blackhawks off today. They play tomorrow. There are the Canadians and the Flyers today. And a couple other uh, stories we want to get to. Again, our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. The pitching matchup, though, Mike, for the White Sox today versus... Uh, Versus Anaheim, pretty good. Johan Santana and Jake Peavy going up against each other. That's pretty good stuff. No,
0: nope. not Johan Santana.
1: Irvin Santana. Irvin.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say Irvin's a Johan's a Met. Yeah. But uh, Jake Peavy, you know, as you said, is getting looks to be getting back to the Jake mm-hmm. Peavy they traded for, and Santana for the Angels has pitched well the last two years. Mm-hmm. So if the but the White Sox have struggled, you know, offensively have struggled so. It'll be interesting to see if they can do anything to support Jake.
1: That's a quality, quality pitching mancha. Real quick, uh, Mike, let me ask you, which is your favorite Santana? Irvin, Johan, or singer Carlos? Or all of the above? Or uh, none of the above? I'd go Carlos. Carlos? Yeah, I, I like a lot of his music. Really? Yeah. I'm shocked and dismayed. <laughs> Not really, but it sounded good at the time. Quick break. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Double M. The Young and the Restless. Mike Moreau in the house.
0: to get back to two guys and a mic your mid-morning break sports talk show once again, here's the coach John Cohn
1: and we do welcome you back hour number one, uh, wrapping up today, Uh, again only on Thursdays we go two hours a two hour spectacular, we can hardly contain our enjoyment, I have to apologize uh, my hearing, along with my short term memory loss, Mike, my hearing's not that good either, in fact, see, usually I got the hearing aids going for the webcasting fans looking at it, but uh, I thought you said you had two friends, Joe, that were listening. I apologize. There was one Joe and there was a Jill. So to Joe in particular, I apologizing for Joeing up Jill. Uh, Jill, please accept my apology on behalf of Joe.
2: I'm sure she accepts. She's a very nice person. I hope you understood what I just said because I certainly don't. Do <laughs>
1: right. you got any other friends you want to uh, say hello to? Shout out. Hello? Is mom or dad watching? I
2: uh, I don't think so. I think they're both out. <laughs>
1: The big appearance. How many times are you on the internet webcast? Live. I'll show them. Mike Moreau, their beloved, beloved 24-year-old son. A rare moment in time. And What, are they out shopping for Father's Day or what?
2: I don't know what they're doing. So.
1: unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> this show gets no respect, David Also, No respect. They're out and about somewhere. <laughs> All right, 888-463-6748 is our phone number here. Phone lines open again, 888 463 Real quick, mic around Major League Baseball before we move on to some other sports. Boston won last night, 3-2. David Ortiz, Big Papi, two-run homer. He was real slow at the beginning of the season. Starting to come back, or do you think Big Pop is washed up?
2: I hope he comes back. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, but there's actually, you know, it's interesting. There's been a lot of talk of the Red Sox. You know, because they're struggling, potentially trading him.
1: So yeah, to the White Sox.
2: To the White Sox. Oh, I have not heard that, but you know, if that if that I mean, I would be sad to see. You know, he's he's a fan favorite up there, mm-hmm. but would you, sure. as a
1: Cub fan, uh, big Pompey for Derek Lee, straight up? No. no, he
2: he's he's a DH for
1: a reason. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving along, game number two on our MLB recap, a regular segment we do each and every day. Here on the TalkZone.com show, two guys to a mic at least each and every day when we remember to do it. Kansas City with a big win. The Royals 8, Cleveland 4. They were down 4-3. to Kerry Wood comes out to close the game for Cleveland. The Indians, this shows you how rough things are going for the fine city of Cleveland here, Mike, and their baseball team. They're winning 4-3. to three. Our guy, Kid K, comes to the mound. Five run, ninth inning for the Royals. 8-4 to four victory for KC. Another tough defeat. You feel bad for Kerry Wood.
2: I do. He's a good guy, and he, he's put a lot into this city, and he still does. But it, I guess, the arm never came back fully. He's trying. Like here's a you know an interesting thought with the negativity. Carey's definitely trying, yep. and I believe that's why fans never got on him like they got on Mark Pryor, because you know, they believe Mark Mark
1: Pryor never gave the effort.
2: Mm-hmm. Cause, so Woods tries, but sometimes
1: it's just not. It doesn't
2: always work out.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. We're kind of headed back the Cub path here again, but I can't resist uh, saying this. that There's probably nothing more symbolic of the Cub frustration over the years than you've got two pitchers who both came up pretty much the same time. Mark Pryor, can't miss, cannot miss, superstar. Going to be a great pitcher in the league for the next 20 years, right? Perfect form. Coming out of college season, he had all the mechanics, he had the blistering fastball, and you had Kerry Wood, two of the best young pitchers in baseball we are set for the next 15 years, and both of them, for different reasons, have basically uh, did not pan out. Right. Symbolic, yeah. sort of, of the Cub frustration.
0: Thank Rob. you, Don Baker, for that one. Dusty uh, Baker. Sorry, Dusty Baker, but yeah. <laughs> well, no, he blew he up both their arms. I he mean, pitched them too many innings. I don't know.
1: Who was the pitching coach back then? The pitching coach makes the biggest decision. I forget who it was. I back believe
2: there. it's still it was, was, was still, it Rothschild? I, I believe it was Rothschild still.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. You you put all the blame in that? I, I put ninety percent of it on him. He, he pitched him way too many innings. A lot of people say with Kerry Wood, you put the blame on his high school coach. I would who was pitching him like you know starting him in double headers. I I believe
2: it started there for sure. Again,
1: yeah.
2: High young kid pitching double headers. Yeah.
0: Well, it, 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 well, when you got burners like that, the the shelf life on their arms is very, very limited. So you want to conserve it. Mm-hmm. you know. And then um, going back to what Mike said about the effort with uh, Mark Pryor, you know, he didn't want to put in the off-season conditioning either yep. to keep that arm healthy. Yep. And that, that also contributed to
1: yeah, the problem. Little did we know, he had perfect mechanics. Everything looked great. The arm form, he had the wonderful calf muscles. The only problem was between the cranium, apparently... Not the highest level of uh, dedication to the game.
0: Exactly. Uh, I, exactly. You know,
1: I didn't mean to bring up and get all into that in our middle of our MLB recap, but it's just a, it's, it's symbolic of the frustration of the Cubs. Two great young pitchers for whatever reasons, and they both don't pan out. All right, let's move along. Uh, Tampa Bay knocks off New York, the Yankees, ten to six. Mike Moreau, who would have thunk it? Best record in all of baseball. Tampa Bay, they win again and knock off the Yanks. They for real.
2: I think so. You have to, you have to take them seriously. They've played well the last three years. And now they got a guy, they took David Price back out of the bullpen. He's in the line, he's in the rotation as their number four or five starter. And he's six and one. So this is a guy that if, if you're fourth, fourth or fifth starter is six and one and dominating. Not, you know, not just, you know, making it through five or six innings. You're going to, you're going to go a pretty long ways. And their lineup is solid too. Evan Longoria, you know, I got Justin Upton. Two guys right there who are going to carry the team probably for the rest of the
1: year. And they can run. Stole six bases against the Yankees. I didn't check the box score to see if uh, my good friend Jorge Posada was the catcher or not, but six stolen bases in the game for Tampa Bay. So they got some wheels. Two. Texas knocked off Baltimore four to three. Sack fly, bottom of the ninth. Nelson Cruz, three in a row for the Texas Rangers over the National League. Uh, Mike, as a Cub fan, you probably don't feel too sorry for the New York Mets, but boy, they just, they cannot get out of their own way. They lose to Washington five to three. They even have a guy, Angel Pagan?
2: Angel, Angel Pagan, who, former Cub.
1: Inside the park homer yesterday. Also started a triple play. <laughs> and they still lose. I mean, you have a once in a lifetime, the same guy. Part of a triple play, which you get what? Maybe one a season? Maybe, if you're okay. lucky. It wasn't unassisted, but he was part of the triple play. And you get it inside the park homer, which you get maybe once every three years. He got it all on the same day, and, and his team still loses.
2: Yeah, a great day for him, but Man. that's a team that they can't pitch, and they, yep. they can't hit right now.
1: Jerry Manuel is still the manager of that team? I believe he is. Okay. The Probably. very excitable Jerry Manuel. I think David Olson, our producer, or uh, some of our production department, they got some tape of one of the Jerry Manuel pep talks. I think if we have that uh, carted up, very exciting guy Jerry Manuel. We'll wait for the production department to cart that up, ladies and gentlemen. A tape recently of the Jerry Manuel um, locker room pep talk. Here it is. That was it. Actually, Mike, that was not a technical glitch. That was the actual tape. <laughs> Guy's not a real exciting guy.
2: Not not very, but you know, there's. It's like people always say, "Which side do you want? Do you want the intense guy or do you want the passive guy?" I
1: can live with either one. I just want someone that's living, <laughs> <laughs> that that moves. That I love Jerry Manuel, but come on, you got to give me—I mean, it's the same thing with Lovey Smith. And I can handle stoic. I can handle passive, but uh, coach, give me a little bit of life. Go talk to somebody. Coach the team. See, like, with,
2: with Lovey, I believe Lovey gets into it, uh, but we just never see it. Okay. So, I mean, there's got to be reason players enjoy him.
1: Yeah, because he's easy. I, I don't, you know, if he gets into it, that's fine. Whether he gets into it or not, I want to see his team get into it. And too often, these Chicago Bears play stoic and unemotionalized as their head coach.
2: We'll see. I that's don't. I don't it. think he's unemotional, but he definitely is stoic.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, continuing on our MLB recap, we keep getting. Sidetrack. I'd like to blame my Mike, but I think I'm thoroughly to blame. Thank you very much. Atlanta knocked off Cincinnati five to four. The rookie sensation Jason Hayward. He's had his ups and downs. He's looked brilliant at times. He's struggled at times, but he's getting it back. Two doubles, and a triple, and the game-winning hit in the ninth inning. Big day for the young Studley
2: rookie. see. That's a guy I believe is going to be a stud. He is. He's got the. He's got the. I guess mechanics is the right word. You know, he's got kind of like the like we talked about with Castro, you know, he's cool, common and collected, and I believe he puts in the work. So, I he's going to be a stud Atlanta fans definitely are going to have something to root for down there.
1: All right, Bobby Cox's final season. I just got the wrap-up sign for today. we got a two-hour show, end of hour number one. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll switch off a of baseball, talk some basketball, all right? Sounds good. Hour number two coming right up, talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic, Mike Moreau in the house. Sit tight. We're back in a couple.